This is a classic fairy tale from France, and it's called Cinderella. Now there was once a merchant who lived in a fine house with his wife and his little daughter. But sadly, the wife died, leaving him and his little daughter alone. Now he married again a widow woman who had two grown-up daughters. And after they were married, the stepmother and the stepsisters started to show their true colours. They were not nice people, and they treated the poor girl like a skivvy, like a slave. They made her do all the work because the stepmother was too mean to hire a servant. So she was given all the menial tasks. She had to do all the cooking, cleaning, scrubbing, and sewing, and also pressing the dresses. And she wore rags, while her stepsisters wore beautiful dresses, as good as they could afford, anyway. Which was still too good for them, I must say. But... Time passed, and the poor girl was growing up, but she, her life was made a misery by her stepsisters. Whenever they wanted anything done, they would ring for her. They would never consider doing anything for themselves. The bell was rung, and she had to get there as quick as possible. And one day they rang for her, and she ran up to their bedroom, and the eldest stepsister said, I want you to help me dress. I want you to help me lace up my corset and do my ribbons. And then she looked at the poor girl's hands, and her hands were covered in soot and ash, because she had just told her to go and clean out the fire and light it. Well, look at the state of your hands, they said. Come into the looking-glass here and look. They had lots of mirrors in their rooms, looking-glasses, as they were called in those days, and they had a huge full-length mirror that they could stand and admire their latest dress in. To be honest, their faces weren't much to look at, and neither was their waistline, which was reasonably big, but they thought themselves wonderful, beautiful, exquisite creatures. Now, poor girl had to stand in front of the mirror, and she saw the ragged clothes that she was dressed in, and how her hands were dirty. But she was growing up too, and she was a very beautiful young woman, while the stepsisters were not very pretty. She was lovely, and there was a reason for that. You see, her mother had been lovely too, kind, thoughtful, considerate, compassionate, always thought of other people. And that came through in her looks. And her daughter was the same. Her daughter was also kind and compassionate, considerate, and a very, very lovely young woman and that shone out in her beauty. She was good on the inside, and she was good on the outside. She was a beautiful woman.
Now, her stepsisters hated her for that, and they wouldn't let her have a looking-glass in her room. While they lived in beautiful, luxurious rooms, with lovely bedrooms with feather beds and silk sheets, the poor girl had to sleep upstairs in a garret in an attic room, and there was only a straw mattress and some rags for her to sleep under. Now, she was told that there was no way that they were letting her near their beautiful dresses with her hands like that, so she had to go down and wash, and then come up and help the sisters dress and get all preened and do their hair, and then she would go back down to the kitchen where she spent most of her time, and in the evenings she would sit by the side of the fire, and so the sisters started to call her Cinderella, because that was their name for her, because she sat among the cinders. Oh, the poor girl had a miserable life with them, absolutely terrible. Now, some more years passed, and by this time, Cinderella was a very beautiful young woman. But she was all covered in rags, and working away in the kitchens, and scrubbing and doing all the work for the house. But still, she was beautiful, because she was beautiful on the inside. Now one day there was great excitement, because an invitation was brought to the house for the two stepsisters to go to a ball that was to be held at the royal palace and it was by invitation of the prince himself. Oh, the excitement in that household! And they were bustling around trying to find the loveliest dresses possible. And, you know, they had some nice dresses, but they never looked good in them, because they were ugly on the inside, and they were ugly on the outside too, because of it. And poor Cinderella, of course, she couldn't go. She had nothing to wear. But she had to help them get all ready. But, you know, she was such a kind-hearted girl that she didn't complain. She did feel sad, of course. But she wasn't angry against her sisters. And she helped them as much as possible. She did her, their hair for them. And also Cinderella had beautiful taste, so they used to rely on her for their, her advice on what looked best on them. Now, when they were being dressed to go to the ball, the oldest sister said, Aren't you sad that you're not going to the ball, Cinderella? Well, she said, how could I think of going to a ball when I have no dress to wear? That's right, said her, her eldest stepsister. You would be laughed at if you went to the court in your rags, and we would be ashamed to be thought of being your sisters. So they got themselves all dressed up, and their carriage came for them, and away they went, and poor Cinderella stood at the door, and she watched the carriage disappear down the road until she could see it no more. 
not because it had gone too far away, but because there were too many tears in her eyes. She went into the kitchen and she sat by the fire, and then she wept. She sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Her life was so miserable and mean, and the work was so hard and so long. Early in the morning till late at night she had to do everything for them. And she was sitting there in misery, wishing that she had died with her mother. At least they could be together still. And then she noticed that in the corner of the room there was a strange blue glow. And she looked up and, wiping the tears from her eyes, she saw the most beautiful woman standing there. She was dressed in the most beautiful dress, which was like blue like the sea, and there was lace on it that looked like foam on waves. And all over the dress there was beautiful, wonderful, exquisite gems, and they glistened and sparkled. Although they almost seemed to move. To Cinderella it looked like they were fireflies and butterflies, all flying around the dress. Now, the light that she saw was coming from a small wand that this lady was holding in her hand. The tip of it was glowing a blue-green color. And the woman spoke and said, Why are you so sad? What's wrong with you? Why are you so distressed? And poor Cinderella couldn't speak, because she was still sobbing so much. And all she could say was, I wish, I wish, I wish. She couldn't get any more words out. They were choked in her throat by her sobs. And the woman smiled kindly and said, You wish that you could go to the ball this evening, like your sisters. Isn't that right? Yes, she said, nodding her head and trying to stifle a sob. Well, maybe I can do something to help you, she said. You see... I am your godmother. Me and your mother were very good friends, and I would like to help my friend's daughter now in her hour of need. Now what this lady had forgot to mention to Cinderella was that she was her godmother all right, but she was also a fairy. She was her fairy godmother. Now the woman helped Cinderella up to her feet and helped to wipe away her tears. And she said, Now, do you have a pumpkin in the garden? Why, yes, said Cinderella, thinking this was a very strange thing to ask. She said, Yes, we have a large pumpkin patch with, with many pumpkins. Well, let us go and see them then.
So Cinderella took her outside around to the garden, and there was a pumpkin patch. And the fairy godmother selected the largest and the most beautiful pumpkin in the patch, and she said to Cinderella, Cut that pumpkin for me. So Cinderella cut the stalk from it and brought it over. Now, said the fairy godmother, this is where I think I can help you. She took a small fruit knife out of her pocket, a beautiful little knife with mother-of-pearl handle, and she opened it up, and she started to scoop out the inside of the pumpkin until it was just the rind left, just the skin on the outside. And then she lifted her wand, and she tapped it, and the pumpkin grew and swelled, and it became a beautiful carriage, all gilded with gold. It was lovely. Now then, said the fairy godmother, do you have a mouse trap in the house? Well, yes, we, we do. Then fetch it here. So Cinderella went to the mouse trap. Now this was like a small cage that mice could go in, but they couldn't get out again. And she took it outside, and there were six mice inside the trap. And the fairy godmother said, Now lift the door up a little way. So Cinderella lifted the door up a little way, and the six mice came scampering out. And as each one came out, the fairy godmother touched her, touched them with her wand. And each mouse grew and grew in size to become beautiful grey horses. And then she said, Hmm, we will need a coachman, though. And Cinderella said, We have a rat trap, too. Maybe you could turn a rat into a, into a coachman. Ah, said the fairy godmother, you're learning. Go and fetch the rat trap. So she went and came back with the rat trap. Again, it was a cage, and inside it there was three rats. Now the fairy godmother selected one of the rats, because it was a big, fat rat, and also it had luxurious, lovely, long whiskers. And so she took it out, tapped it with the wand, and the rat became a fat, jolly coachman with a wonderful, long, luxurious moustache. Now, she says, you need footmen. Go to the bottom of the garden, and behind the water pot you will find six lizards. Bring them to me. So Cinderella went down to the bottom of the garden, and sure enough, just where she said, there were six lizards. So she gathered them up, and she brought them back, and the fairy godmother touched them with the wand, and they all became coachmen, eh, footmen, to stand at the back of the coach and run alongside it as well. And, being lizards, they had beautiful, beautiful green, shiny, iridescent scales. Now, these footmen were wearing beautiful silk coats with tails at the back, and they were all shining blues and greens as well. It was beautiful to watch. But then Cinderella said, But 
"'What now? Well, now you can go to the ball,' said the fairy godmother. "'Or is this not good enough for you? Are you so hard to please?' "'Well, no,' she said, "'but, but I, I don't have any dresses to wear.' "'Oh, girl,' she said, "'did you not think that I had already thought of that?' And she tapped her lightly with the wand." And when she looked down, Cinderella saw that she wasn't dressed in rags any more. She was dressed in the most beautiful dress, made of gold and silver, wonderful cloth of gold. And all over the dress that was decorated with precious jewels, there was diamonds and rubies and sapphires and emeralds, and they all glinted. They were all fashioned to look like flowers and butterflies. They were beautiful, and she could feel the hair on her head going up and up in layers, and it was all pinned up beautifully. And then out of the top of it, there was two lovely ostrich feathers, and they were held in place with a clip that was all encrusted with beautiful diamonds. Well, and there was other gems and pearls tied into her hair as well. And then, last of all, the fairy godmother said, Now, every young lady should have some nice shoes. And from under her dress she took out a pair of beautiful glass slippers, made of beautiful crystal. Now, Cinderella wasn't sure about this, but the fairy godmother said, try them on. Don't worry, they will fit you. And sure enough, she slipped her foot into it, and it was like they had been made, moulded around her feet. They fitted so comfortably, so beautifully. So she wore her glass slippers, and then she was just about to get on the coach when her fairy godmother said to her, Now there is something I must warn you. My magic can only work until midnight, and as soon as midnight goes, then everything will be back the way it was. So you have to leave before midnight. Is that clear? Oh, yes, said Cinderella, perfectly clear. And then she climbed into her coach, and the coachman cracked his whip, and the horses trotted off, with all the footmen hanging on the back of the carriage and running alongside, and they set off towards the castle. Now, there was a wonderful ball taking place inside that royal castle, or that beautiful palace, I should say. Inside it there was a huge ballroom Where the dancing was going on <clears throat> And out in the garden There was wonderful lanterns Lit up in the trees And everything there was beautiful It was a lovely warm evening And the smell of the flowers The perfume hung heavy in the garden It was wonderful Now the chamberlain came over to the prince, and said, Your Majesty, there is a young woman outside who wishes to come in. She won't give her name, but 
she must assuredly be a princess, because the jewels that she wears in her hair alone is worth half the kingdom. And she is so beautiful and so well dressed that she must be a princess. Well, fetch her in, said the prince. And so she entered the ballroom and was taken over, led over to where the prince stood. And she curtsied low in front of the prince, and the prince bowed to her back. <clears throat> and the two of them talked, and then they danced for a time. And then there was a feast laid on, so they went and sat down, and they ate. But Cinderella slipped away to sit with her sisters, and the prince would take over little delicacies for her, and little pieces of fruit, little slices of nectarine and orange. And Cinderella shared these with her sisters, who, of course, thought that she was a fine princess. They didn't recognize her as being their stepsister. And they were all over her, of course, because they thought she was somebody important. But she showed so much consideration and civility to them, that they were quite knocked out by how wonderful this beautiful woman was. And then the dancing started again, and the prince was on his feet as quick as he could, and he rushed over to Cinderella, and he led her up onto the dance floor, and the two of them danced all night. Now, the king and queen were sitting watching this as well, and the king was remarking of, how he had never seen such a beautiful girl in all his life. I don't suppose that went on very well with the queen, mind you, but the queen had to agree. She was a rare beauty, and so lovely, and so polite, and so elegant, and so light on her feet. Well, the dancing went on until the, the clock struck quarter to twelve, and then... Cinderella said to the prince, I am afraid I have to go. Will you lead me over to the king and queen so I may bid them farewell? Oh, must you go so soon, he said. The night's just started. Oh, I'm afraid I have to go. So, sadly, the prince led her over to the king and queen, and she made a low curtsy to them. And then she made a curtsy to all the guests, and then she went out, and there was her coach waiting for her outside. She climbed in and rode away. Now, she got home just before midnight, and as she turned the door handle to step inside, midnight struck, and when she looked down, much to her sorrow, there was no beautiful dress there any more. There was just the rags that she normally wore. Now, she went in, and there was her fairy godmother waiting for her. Well, she said, did you enjoy yourself? Oh, yes, she said. Oh, this was the best night of my whole life. I've never had a night like this before. Oh, it was magical. Well, it was rather lonely waiting here for you to come home, said the fairy godmother. So 
reward me at least by telling me all about it. And so she did. They talked for about two hours. Cinderella was recounting everything that she had seen and everything that she had had and everything that the prince had said to her and everything that she had said to him in reply. Well, her fairy godmother seemed very pleased with all this. And, she said, the prince has said that he wishes to have another ball tomorrow evening. He said that he would be heartbroken if I didn't come. Well, said the fairy godmother, we'll see about that nearer the time. And then they heard the sound of a carriage pulling up outside. It was her sister's home. And the doorbell rang. They wouldn't just walk into their own home, of course. They had to have the door opened for them. Now, when Cinderella looked around, her fairy godmother was gone. So, the bell rang a second time, and she ran over to the door and opened it, and she made a pretense of yawning and rubbing her eyes like she'd just woken up. What kept you so long, they said, and stormed inside. Cinderella followed them up the stairs to help them undress and to take their hair down as well. So, did you have a nice night, she said. Oh, it was wonderful, they said. And there was this beautiful woman there. She must have been a princess. She was so beautiful and so well-dressed and so well-mannered. And she danced beautifully, danced with the prince all night. You could tell that he loves her. Yeah, and she sat next to us, and she spoke to us, and she was so civil to us, and she gave us nectarines and oranges to eat as well. Oh, she was wonderful. Oh, she sounds marvellous, said Snow, uh, said Cinderella, with a smile on her face. Well, that she is, and so much so that the prince wants to have another ball tomorrow evening, just so that he can dance with her again. Oh, I would love to go to that ball, she said. I would love to see this beautiful woman. Tell me, dear, she says to her eldest stepsister, would you lend me your yellow dress, the, the one that you wear every day? Maybe I could go to the ball too. You go to the ball? No chance, they said. No, you're not coming. And how dare you ask me to borrow one of my dresses. Who do you think you are? You're getting airs and graces above yourself. Now get going back to the side of the fire where you belong, Cinderella. So she went away with a smile on her face, though. She didn't want her dress. She wanted something far nicer than that. Now the next night there was big excitement, and again the stepsisters were all dressed up in their finery, and away they went to the castle in the coach. And again the fairy godmother came back, and again the coach with the coachman and the footman was all ready for her, and she was in an even more beautiful dress than she had worn the day before. And on her feet was the delicate, dainty little tiny glass slippers that fitted her tiny, dainty, delicate little feet just perfectly. Now, 
Off she went to the castle, and the prince was watching out for her, and when the carriage arrived, he ran down the stairs to open the door and help her down from the carriage, and he led her by the hand into the ballroom, and everyone gasped, and everyone drew aside to let them pass, and everyone stared at this beautiful woman, and the gorgeous dress that she was wearing. Many of them were making notes of how to get such beautiful clothes, how to find the dressmaker that could make such an exquisite gown, and the beautiful decorations, the brooches and the hair clips, all sparkling with precious gems. Oh, they wanted to look like her. None of them could, of course, but they wanted to. And that night the prince danced with her, and he was so loving in his speech, and she was loving in her speech back to him too. And, well, you know what it's like when you're really, really enjoying yourself. You don't pay any attention to the time, do you? And that's what happened. Poor Cinderella thought that it must be about eleven o'clock at night. But imagine her horror when she heard the clock strike, and she looked up at it, and the hands were pointed upwards to midnight. And then she said, Oh, I'm, I am sorry, I have to go. And she turned away, and she ran out as fleet-footed as a deer. And down the steps the prince ran after her, but she was too fast for him. And outside was the coach, with the coachman and the footman. But as she was running down the steps, the last stroke of midnight went, and the coach went down the road without her. Now, as she ran down, her dress disappeared, and again she was just dressed in her usual rags, and also one of the glass slippers that she wore had come off her foot. The other one she took off, and she clutched it close to her heart, and then she had to start and run home. And it was a dark night, and, what made things worse, there was a terrible thunderstorm, and the rain lashed down, and poor Cinderella was drenched to the skin, and so she had to run half of the way home. Now, luckily for her, the stepsisters would have been home before her, but a wheel had come off their carriage, and it was lying by the side of the road. So... She was able to get past them and carry on going down the road without being seen. Now, maybe there was some magic involved in that wheel coming off the carriage. She suspected that the fairy godmother may have had something to do with it. But when she finally got home, soaking wet and drenched in the skin and miserable, she came in and there was her fairy godmother, and she had a frown on her face and said... So, you didn't listen to my advice this time, did you? Oh, I am so sorry, she said. I lost track of time. I was enjoying myself so much. Yes, but I see that you have something there. What is that that you're clutching to you? And she showed her one of the glass slippers. Ah, she said, 
Well, at least you've managed to save one of my gifts. You see, if you remember, the fairy godmother had tapped her and had created a dress from magic. But she had taken the glass slippers out from her own dress and given them as a gift. This was different from the dresses, and this didn't disappear at midnight. Where is the other one? said the fairy godmother. Oh, it must have come off my feet when I was running down the stairs at the castle. Ah, well, maybe you have luck then as well, she said. Hmm, that's not a bad thing. Well, there was a ring at the door, and it was the sister's home. And the fairy godmother disappeared, and Cinderella had to run up and open the door, and they were in a foul mood. Not only had the wheel come off their coach, but they had had to walk the rest of the way home. Having waited for a while and nothing happening, they had to set off and walk. They were not in a good mood, and they were not very nice to Cinderella. But still... The talk of the beautiful princess who danced with the prince was all that they could think about. And soon they forgot about scolding Cinderella, and they were talking about the princess and how beautiful she was, and how she'd run away so suddenly, and how they couldn't get their coach out because there was pandemonium. There was coaches all over the place, and the prince running around, searching through all of them. Well, a day later, the prince declared that whoever fitted the glass slipper would marry him. And he tried all the princesses from round about first, but none of their feet fitted. It was too small and delicate. And then he tried all the duchesses. And he tried all the marchionesses, and then he tried all the countesses, and then he tried all the baronesses, and it didn't fit any of them. That was all the most important women in his court. Then he started on the rest of the nobles. All their daughters tried it on too, none of them fitted. He tried every woman in the court, and none of their feet fitted the slipper. Now, it was declared that the Prime Minister would take this lovely glass slipper on a velvet cushion, and he would carry it around the kingdom, trying every woman's foot in it, till he saw who it fitted. Well, having had an unsuccessful attempt of going round and round and round all the kingdoms, he eventually ended up at the merchant's house, where Cinderella and her stepsisters lived. Now the stepsisters, oh, they wanted their feet to fit that glass slipper. But there was no way you could fool anyone with a glass slipper, because you could see if it fits or not. You can see if feet have been pushed into it, if toes are twisted over each other in order to try to make it fit. And no matter how hard those stepsisters tried, they couldn't get the shoe on their foot. And Cinderella was watching them from the side of the fire, and she laughed 
and said, May I try? And they laughed at her and said, Why should you try? How could you fit this shoe? Well, let us see. And the Prime Minister said, Yes, my orders were that every woman in the land had to try the shoe on, and you are no exception, my dear. And he could see what a beautiful girl she was, even though she was dressed in rags. She sat down, and she slipped her foot into the shoe, and it fitted perfectly. And then, just to show that this really was her, she produced the other glass slipper, and she put it on the other foot. Well, at that time there was a rap at the door, and in came her fairy godmother, and with a tap of her wand, she was dressed in a dress that was even more beautiful than the other two had been, and so embroidered with beautiful precious gems that she looked absolutely amazing. And she was so beautiful and so kind that she was taken up to the palace and the prince proposed to her on the spot, and they were married the very next day. Now, when the stepsisters were summoned to the palace, they were worried, they were shaking in their shoes, because they thought now that they would be punished for all the horrible things that they had done to that poor girl over the years. And they came in and they begged for forgiveness on their knees. They begged to be forgiven for their behavior. But you know, Cinderella was as beautiful on the inside as on the outside. And she raised them up and she kissed them and she said, I forgive you everything. So they went to live at the royal palace, and they were married eventually to fine lords, and they were much better people after that. But as for Cinderella, well, she was beautiful on the inside, and she was beautiful on the outside, and everyone loved her.